Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And so if you've received the vaccine, what I'm saying is you don't have to worry about it being the mark of the beast because it's not. All right? What will be the mark of the beast will be something that is indeed forced. It is indeed something that's going to affect the way you live your life. But it will be very clear that part of it will be an allegiance to an antichrist, a rejection of Christ, and it will be very apparent where your faith is going to be. And whenever that day comes, it will be obvious to us. Our world is not short on difficulties that we are working through. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation are challenged by wars, famines, earthquakes, disease, as well as many personal challenges like family issues, career issues, and health issues. And as a result, people begin to wonder, maybe now more than ever, is this the end? In this sermon series, we will be attempting to answer this question by looking at the four horsemen in Revelation 6. Through this study, we will not only better understand the end times, but also better understand these difficult times we are in. Now enjoy today's message. You know, some of the questions that I sometimes get, uh, just given my role and even my age in life, uh, I think are a bit peculiar and even my appearance. And so, for example, I'll be asked, I'll be asked by people, how are you old enough to be a pastor? That they want that. And I, and I'm, and I understand that, uh, but, but I am 40, and you do have to start sometime, and, and at some point, they stop trying to hire you. So <laughs> you, got, you got to get in, you got to get your foot in the door. And I'll get asked the question, how can you have four kids? And people don't realize how old I am. And how, how old are, like, how can you have four kids at your age? And they're assuming I'm about 30, but I'm not. I'm 40 again. And, and then another question that's even maybe a little bit more peculiar. Twice this past week, I got this question. Do you dye your hair? <laughs> and the answer to that question is yes. No, I don't. No, no, I do not dye my hair. That is absurd. And and to be candid with you, if you are a male who is 40 years old and you dye your hair, we need to talk. I am available for you. And, and there may be a good reason for it, but I don't know what it is. Sometimes you just got to embrace age and what's coming to you in life. Males, males. I'm not getting on you women. You do what you do. You do your thing. Men over 40 ought to just leave the dye alone. That's, that's my opinion of the whole thing. That's right. Or just shave it off. Whatever. Whatever. So, hey... Our hosts are actually available to receive that offering from you, and so this was the comedic time in our service, and this is the opportunity to receive that, receive that offering. So they'll walk forward, you raise your hand, they'll receive it from you. Um, but as I said, there have been many questions that, that I personally have been getting about the church, about myself, but even about the sermon series that we've been in. So we've spent the last few weeks talking about Revelation chapter 6, and as we have been in this particular study, it naturally leads us to begin to wonder, hey, what is going on in the world? And how does what's happening in the world relate to what is in the Bible, specifically towards the end of the Bible, specifically in the last days of the Bible? And so one of the questions I have been getting from people, and, and maybe it's even a question you're considering, is this, is are we living in the last days? 
And, and I understand why people are asking this question. They're, they're wondering about what's happening in Israel. They're wondering about what's happening in Jerusalem. They're seeing developments in Afghanistan towards just the country as a whole and even Christians in that country that are being persecuted. People are looking at other areas of our world and they're looking at America and they're, and they're evaluating what's going on with COVID-19 and we're just wondering what is happening and are we in the last days? And, and I can only look at this biblically speaking, not being guided by news headlines. I don't, I don't think that that's a good method to understand the days that we are in. But biblically speaking, the answer to that is yes. First Peter chapter 4 verse 7 says, the end of all things is near. Now if you give this verse a, a thoughtful perspective and, and you reflect on it, you begin to wonder, well, why did Peter say that? And, and wasn't that written quite a significant amount of time ago and now it seems like it hasn't happened why did he say the end is near but it's not it hasn't been near yet I mean 2000 it doesn't seem like it was near given where we're at 2000 years have passed since the time that Peter wrote these particular words but Peter was writing those words in that day with the perspective that really truthfully only God has of time but he was writing that also from a perspective of what was going on in that time in that place in the world in which Christians were being persecuted in a way they'd never been persecuted before by Emperor Nero who was in some cases feeding them the hungry animals, in other cases literally lighting his garden with the bodies and the corpses of Christians. It wasn't a pretty scene, and so they were dealing with significant amount of persecution in this particular day, and they're looking for hope, and Peter is saying, hey, the end of all things is near. And what exactly does that mean? Well, as we consider that the end of all things would be near, we also have to look at Second Peter, which is... A passage of scripture, again, inspired by God, in which Peter writes these words, do not forget this one thing. Don't forget this one thing. When, when you're going through difficulty, when you want your circumstances to change, when God hasn't moved quick enough in your life, when there are challenges all throughout the world, when there are challenges right here at home, don't forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. He offers us a perspective that God has of time. And we have to understand, theologically speaking, that God is outside of time. He has always been. He always will be. He doesn't have a stopwatch. He doesn't even have a watch. But to get some vantage point of time as it relates to us, the infinite to the finite, it's like, for God, a day is a thousand years to us. And so then from that vantage point, we begin to realize like, okay, if that is the case, then yeah, the end is near. If from the vantage point of the eternal, a day is like a thousand years, then yeah, that's right. The end is almost near because from the time that Jesus has left to now, it's been about two days. <laughs> and if we think about just how hard 2020 and 2021 have been for all of us, we have a perspective of, man, it's been difficult, but really in God's time, in the end times of one day equaling a thousand years, those two years really equate to about two minutes and 52 seconds. And when I'm talking to these little 10-year-old, 9-year-old, 8-year-old boys that I'm, I'm leading in basketball and I'm coaching them up, I often tell them in a very challenging drill, in a moment where they're really wearing out, I'll say, you know, you've only got a few minutes left. And I wonder if maybe God, with all of his compassion and all of his love and all of all the mercy he has for us, he's saying, I'm not being insensitive, but you've only got a few minutes left. You've only got about another day or two left. 
And the reason I say that is because as we look at the world and we look at our lives and we look at the challenges and we're trying to maintain certain comforts and we're, we're wondering what's the future going to look like for us, for our children, for our grandchildren, it seems a bit challenging and it seems like Satan might even be winning. But what we have to realize is that it's not that Satan has won, it's that Satan has never had a chance. And though Satan might be roaring, Jesus is coming. And we know that and we can have hope in that because in my Bible, and I think in your Bible too, some significant things happen on the third day. <laughs> and if we're only one day, two days into this deal, we got a third day coming that who knows what that's going to bring to us. Because in my Bible, Jesus rose from the grave on the third day where there was hopelessness, where there was death, where, where there was doubt, where there was pain, where there was grief, where there was division, where there was betrayal, where there were people wondering, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? There is Jesus rising from the grave, resolving all of that on the third day. Thanks for joining us on Hope for the Day. This is Pastor Philip Holland, and I come to you today with some bittersweet news. After four wonderful years of sharing the hope of Jesus through our sermons on Hope for the Day, it's time for us to say a goodbye. But before we part ways, I want to extend my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you who has tuned in week after week, allowing our messages to resonate in your hearts and your lives. Your support has been so valued by our team, and I'm so grateful for the ways that God has used this ministry. Now, as we close this chapter, I want to remind you that our mission does not end here. You can still access our sermons, delve deeper into our community, and find biblical resources and support on our website at valleyviewcc.com. And better yet, join us in person at one of our Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., or 11 a.m. Now, the reason that we're making this change is entirely strategic. We're excited about what we have coming up, and that has led us as a church to make an adjustment in our approach to this media ministry of ours. And so as we do something new going forward, I want you to keep your eyes open for the Valley View Christian Church podcast, where we'll continue to share sermons, interviews, and uplifting messages in new and exciting ways. So friends, as we bid farewell to this season of Hope for the Day, I just want to thank you again for being a part of our community, and may you always remember the hope that we have in Jesus. And I think we just came into the third day, friends. One day was the first thousand years. Second day was the second thousand years. Second day was the second thousand years. And now we're going into the third day now. There's a lot of hope in our world right now. We ought to have more hope than we, should, than we maybe some of us got. And so, yes, we are in the last days. But we got to realize we're on God's timetable, not our timetable. Another question I've been getting is the COVID vaccine, the mark of the beast. And, and maybe uh, you laugh now, and that's, I get it, but maybe you also have been asking this particular question. And the reason that people ask this question or are asking this question is a, because of a passage in Revelation 13. I'll do the best I can with it, but, but let me read the passage to you and then go from there. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast, so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. And so the, the text kind of lays out to us a little bit of what this, 
mark is actually going to look like. And there's a few things that we got to notice here is the mark was forced. The mark is needed for commerce, which is buying and selling and, and maybe even travel. And, and that's really about as far as anybody gets when it comes to uh, anything that might be related to the mark of the beast. We, we just say, well, does it influence how I can buy things? And, and is it going to affect is it going to affect the way I travel? And is it something that is going to be forced upon me? And so we start to relate that to the COVID vaccine and we're thinking, well, it gets those, but, but here's where it really breaks down and here's where it really matters. The mark is a sign of allegiance to the Antichrist. The mark is not a mystery. Whether it really is on a forehead or a hand or wherever, we don't know, but we do know it is obvious. It is apparent. And here's what we also have to understand is that God is not going to allow us to be condemned because in Revelation chapter 14, the people with the mark are condemned. God is not going to let you unwittingly, unknowingly be condemned to hell, okay? And so if you've received the vaccine, what I'm saying is you don't have to worry about it being the mark of the beast because it's not, all right? What will be the mark of the beast will be something that is indeed forced. It is indeed something that's going to affect the way you live your life. But it will be very clear that part of it will be an allegiance to an antichrist, a rejection of Christ, and it will be very apparent where your faith is going to be. And whenever that day comes, it will be obvious to us. And what we have with that vaccine, that is absolutely not the case. So whatever your opinion of it is, and, that, and that's okay, you can have that. I just want you to understand, biblically speaking, it's not the mark of the beast. So another question that I have received is this, and this is where we're going to hone in on our time, with our time that we have left, is how should I prepare for the end? Because as we think about the end, we also even are left asking the question, how bad is the end really going to be for us? And so how should we prepare for that? Well, again, we have to look at our four horses. So in Revelation 6, we've been looking at the four horsemen and the four horses, and there's a few conclusions we've come to. The white horse equals deception. The red horse is division. The black horse is disaster. And the pale horse is death. We might say it this way. The white horse, which is being ridden by the Antichrist, is one who will bring confusion. There'll be this there'll, there'll be a lack of clarity about what is right and what is wrong. The red horse is going to bring from that confusion, because they all work together, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be two parties that are against each other or even multiple parties that are against each other. The black horse is then going to bring calamity. It's going to bring famine. It's going to bring pestilence. All of those things naturally follow war historically. And then lastly, you're going to have a great death that will then transpire. And that's the horse that we're going to spend a little bit of time on this morning. When the lamb opened the fourth seal... I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come. I looked and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind him. So it isn't the kind of company you want to be uh, surrounding yourself with. Death and Hades. They're coming together, baby. And they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague. And by the wild beasts of the earth. A fourth of the earth is going to die. And so as we consider the end and how to prepare the, for the end and how bad it's really going to be in the end, we have to realize approximately a fourth of the earth is just going to go away. 
It's going, to, it's going to go fast. If you look back into history, about the only thing that we have that really compares to it is the bubonic plague, which is estimated to be 30 to 60% of the world's population was taken away in that particular plague. Now, one of the main transfers of that plague was fleas that, were, that had been infected from rats. And maybe that's what is referenced here. It's not that wild animals are going to be coming after us. It's that these animals are going to be transferring diseases to us that are going to take our lives. We weren't exactly sure, but when it comes to death and it becomes to decomposing bodies and maybe even decomposing animals, that generally good things don't follow those things. And so there's just going to be a significant death that is going to take place. But as I think about that and I think about all of you, here's the thing. A fourth of you is, is not going to die. 100% of you are going to die. <laughs> Unless Jesus comes back. And so this horse, this pale, ugly horse, is going to most likely gallop right through your life. And there's going to be a day when you breathe your last. There's going to be a day when you lose consciousness with all that is around you. And maybe you're healthy now, and that's really something that's far off for you, but there's still those moments of fear and anxiety of what it is to come, of what is to come, of what is still out there. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. And so with that in mind, the fact that death so far is undefeated with every single one of us other than Jesus, what are we supposed to do with that? Well, here's two things I'm going to leave with you. The first is this, is that death is inevitable, so make sure you're prepared for it. And I'm not talking about a will, but you know, if you don't have one of those, I think that's a pretty good idea. Death is inevitable, so make sure that you have prepared for it. Now, there's a lot of things about death that scare us. The one is the unknown. We don't know exactly what is going to be next, and so that's a bit scary for people. But as I've talked to family members of mine, and, and let me tell you a little about my family, is my mom's side of the family is 
I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to like a tailgate at a NASCAR event. Like that, that's my, fam- my mom's side of the family. I mean, they are, they are legit country, redneck, all of that in one. And it's amazing. It is, it's hilarious. And none of them, none of their t-shirts have sleeves. All that stuff's ripped off. Okay. They all have tattoos, but they're not like those cool, nice, colorful, clean, sleek tattoos that you get, that you got. No, no. These are ugly, faded tattoos that were put to, that were put on them in the back, somebody's backyard in a shed. That's where they get their tattoos at, all right? They got a gun hanging in the back of their trucks, right? That, that's what they've got going on. And they've got a lot of misdemeanors, felonies, and most of them have seriously spent time in jail. And, and there's still a piece of them, though, and many of them have begun to pass away, so I've seen this journey, that believes in God, believes in the eternal, believes in Jesus. But as I've talked with them, as, again, before they were passing, and even now, there's an element of fear in their hearts because they know they've done things they shouldn't have done, and they know there were things that they should have done that they didn't do. And they're a little worried about what judgment's going to be like. They're, they're a little worried about what it is that's ahead of them. The Bible tells us this. Man is appointed to die once. And after that, to face judgment. And when we think about judgment from a pure, holy, perfect God, that's a little concerning. In the book of Acts... The Apostle Paul stands before a governor, a man with great power named Felix. And as he stands before Felix, he begins to speak to Felix about Jesus and about the law, about judgment, and about hope. And he shares with Felix the gospel. And in the gospel, we don't know the exact words that, that Paul specifically used in that particular moment. But it was something to the effect of, we were all made in the image of God. You were made in the image of God. I'm made in the image of God. And we've all fallen short of God's glory. In other words, we've all sinned, that there's this gap between God and us. We like to compare ourselves to one another, but that's not what our creator made us in the image of. You weren't made in my image. I wasn't made in your image. We're not compared to each other in the grand scheme of the eternal. We've all fallen short of his glory. And as a result of that, there is judgment before a holy and just God who is also gracious and merciful. And see how that interaction goes here. Governor Felix listened to Paul preach about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave, and when I find it convenient, I'll send for you. As far as we know, convenience never came. But we do know that judgment did come. And for each and every single one of us, that is a real reality that when we die, we stand before that holy, that perfect God. But God knew that you wouldn't be good enough and I couldn't be good enough, and so he had to do something about that. And so Jesus came into this world, and he suffered death. He fought fire with fire, death with death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone, that that sting could be pulled out as he went into death, and it would be something that would be bearable for you, it would be bearable for me, it would be something that we wouldn't have to move forward into with absolute fear for the way that we've lived our lives. Jesus faced it for us, 
And he died so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and the free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Jesus did that for each and every one of us. And we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. And so if we look back at that, that, that verse again, that's right, there's hope there that Jesus died. And by the fact that he died for us, we don't have to go into judgment being worried, being concerned that there is grace and there is mercy and there is hope there for everyone who professes the name of Jesus. And then we're baptized and made new. We place ourselves into the hands of another, death, into the water, burial, out of the water, resurrection, that the old is gone and the new is come. And when God looks at you, he sees you in all of your goodness because of Jesus's goodness and not because of your shortcomings or my shortcomings. I've had a chance to jump out of a plane before. I don't know if you've had that opportunity. You should do it. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.